Thank you for tuning in to the City Light West Council Bluff Sermon Podcast. We are a church that exists to multiply disciples and churches that is located in Council Bluffs, Iowa. If you want to learn more about our church, visit citylightwestcb.org or follow us on Facebook at City Light West Council Bluffs and Instagram at City Light West CB. Merry Christmas, City Light. My name's Ken, and I'm one of the pastors here, and the time has finally come. We finally made it. It is Christmas Eve. For the kids in the room, like, it's almost time for you to unwrap that present, and you've been, like, shaking and weighing and, like, trying to figure out the shape, trying to figure out what's in that present. The time has come for you to almost figure that out, uh, whether you're a Christmas Eve a Christmas present person or a Christmas morning Christmas present person. Either way, the time is almost here. And for parents, all the work Christmas parties have come and gone. The shopping is over. The wrapping of the presents. The tree is up and decorated. You've sung all the carols. All I Want for Christmas is You by Mariah Carey has burrowed itself into your head so deep that you think you might have gone a little bit insane. The time has come. It is Christmas Eve. Christmas is finally here. What we've been waiting for this season of Advent, this season of waiting, of anticipation, has finally come to culmination on Christmas. So this evening, what we are doing, what we hope to do is to straight up celebrate because Christmas is good news for us. Pastor Tim Keller, he was a brilliant pastor and theologian. He passed away this past year, but he wrote in his book, Encounters with God, he gave us a perfect analogy about Christmas when he tells the story of author Dorothy Sayers. This is what he says. Sayers was one of the first women to go to Oxford, and she was a writer of detective fiction. She wrote a series of great stories and novels called the Lord Peter Whimsey Stories. Lord Peter was an aristocratic detective. That's hard to say, aristocratic detective. Um, Single and alone, and in the middle of a series, a tall, not particularly attractive woman named Harriet Vane appeared in the stories. Harriet is one of the first women to go to Oxford, and she is also a writer of detective fiction. She and Peter, in the story, they fall in love, they get married, and they solve mysteries together. Some people have speculated that Dorothy Sayers looked into the world she created and into the character she created and saw his pain. She saw his loneliness, and she fell in love with him, and she wrote herself into the story just to save him. And this is exactly what God has done for us at Christmas. God, who created everything, looks into this world and he loves us. And on Christmas morning, he wrote himself into our story. Tim Tim Keller continues, God looked into our world, the world he made, and saw us destroying ourselves in the world by turning away from him. And it filled his heart with pain. And he loved us. He saw us struggling to extricate ourselves from the traps and misery we created for ourselves. So he wrote himself into our story. Jesus Christ, the God-man, born in a manger, born to die on a cross for us. Behold who Jesus is, how he loves you, and how he came to put the world right. 
That's what we celebrate at Christmas, that God has entered into human history, that he actually put on flesh and bone so that he could heal us and save us. It speaks to the startling reality of a God who not only loves us, but loves us so much that he would leave his heavenly throne to become one of us, that we might know him, that he might save us, and that he might heal our broken world. Christmas illustrates to us, it gives us a perfect picture of Romans 8, 38 through 39. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers, nor height nor death, nor anything in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Jesus left heaven and came to earth to show us that there is no chasm too wide. There is no death too deep. There ain't no mountain high. Ain't no valley low enough, baby, to keep him from us. There is no sin too great that he cannot forgive. There is no guilt too large that he cannot wipe clean. There is no life too messy that he cannot reorder. Our God is a God who pursues us and who makes us clean, who, who can make us new, who can be made alive in him. And Christmas is proof of that fact. The God of the universe becomes a baby, born to a blue-collar temporarily homeless family in a manger. One of my favorite quotes about Christmas is this one by Frederick Buchner. Once you've seen Jesus in the stable, you can never be sure of what lengths he will go, to what ludicrous depths of self-humiliation he will go in his pursuit of you. Let's, let's give some context here. God. The God who created everything, right? Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. God who was before time began, who by his very definition is from eternity past to eternity future, who just exists. The God with a word from his mouth sparked up the sun like a match. Who simply said in Genesis 1-6, let there be an expanse. And in that instance, space itself was born. And to this day, it's a space that's so large we cannot even measure it and is still expanding because of the sound of his voice. This God who created each and every star in every planet, and he knows them by name. Each and every star, of which there are 200 billion trillion stars in our universe. Let me say that one more time. 200 billion trillion stars. Let's think about like a trillion of anything. Can you, it's crazy. (laughs) And because we cannot even begin to comprehend that number, let's step back. Let's try to think about one. One star. Our own sun. One star. It's, our sun is so large that you could fit 1.3 million earths inside of it. The sun is so huge that it would take a jet flying 500 miles per hour over a month nonstop to get from the surface to the core of the sun. The amount of energy that is emitted from the surface of the sun is equivalent to 100 billion hydrogen bombs going off every single second. 
It's a power so great that it would cost 7 million years worth of the gross national product of the United States of America, the power, the sun, for one second. One Mississippi. Two Mississippi. Three, 21 million years right there. And the the crazy thing about it is our sun is quite average When you look over the expanse of the universe, when you think about size and power, in relation to the rest of the stars in the universe, our sun is quite average. And it's one of just 200 billion trillion suns that were created by the word of our Lord and who is named and known by him. 200 billion trillion stars. Think of a trillion. Now think of a billion of those trillions. Now multiply that by 200. (laughs) And not has God only created each of those stars by the power of his voice. And not only has he named them all. Psalm 19.5 tells us that they rise and fall at his command. The sun and the stars actually orbit Because of the word of the Lord, because of the command of the one who created them, this is the God who became a baby, who was born in a manger. God wrote himself into our story. God entered into his own creation as one of his creations because he loves us. The God who created the stars, who commands them to rise and fall. The one from whom the mountains tremble before in the deepest depths of the ocean are but a drop in the bucket to. That great and powerful, awesome God left his throne and emptied himself to become a man. This is how Philippians 2, 6-7 describes the birth of Jesus. Jesus who... Though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of man. The one from whom all life is birthed, is birthed to life. The almighty God becomes weak. He empties himself and becomes The one who owns everything becomes poor, birthed in a feeding trough. The one who holds the universe together with the palms of his hand is helplessly held in the arms of a poor teenage mother. And once you've seen Jesus in the stable, you can never be sure of what lengths he will go, to what ludicrous depths of self-humiliation he will go in his pursuit of you. There is nothing that can separate us from the love of our God. Why would God do this? Because he's pursuing you. God loves you and he's not content, he's not content just sitting up in heaven. He wants you to know him. That's why we were all created in the first place, to know God. In the beginning, God created the world good, and there was a perfect relationship between us and God. There was a perfect relationship between us and one another and between us and the world. And yet, when we rebel against God, we've broken God's good, perfect creation. When everything was as it should be, 
Our rebellion against God, our sin, has ruined God's good, perfect creation. We all know that. We've all experienced that. I don't need to wrap it up in religious language for you to know. Like, man, things are not as they should be. From societal ills like war and famine to cultural woes like drug abuse and suicide and personal issues like addiction and mental health, the world is broken. We are broken. But we celebrate on Christmas because God wrote himself into our story so that he might save us. So that he might set the world right again because he loves us. Because he desires for us to know him, to experience him, to have abundant life. Because of that, he humbled himself. God has pursued us to the point of even becoming a man, living life on the earth he created in order that he could reveal to you what he was like. This week, I actually listened to a a Muslim apologist who is adamant, and he's not 100% wrong, He's like, man, the Christian God is weak and pathetic. Because how could God become a man? How could any God who is truly powerful and perfect dirty himself by coming to earth? How could any God give up his power to become a baby? What kind of God would embarrass himself like that? What kind of God would do that? And the answer to that question is our God would. He's the kind of God who bends his ears to listen to our prayers. The kind of God who doesn't know sin and brokenness as some sort of abstraction, but he's actually experienced it as he walked this planet with us. That he's the kind of God who's moved with compassion for his people. A God who is not idle. A God who is not distant. He is a God who has drawn near to us. He is a God who loves us too much to watch us wallow in our sin. He is God who is willing to do anything that we might know him. Even come to this earth. And not only did he come to this earth His life and his teaching demonstrated to us what kind of God he is. Jesus is the image of the invisible God. If you want to know what God is like, look at the baby in Bethlehem. Watch his life, listen to his teaching. As he grew, you saw him draw near to the broken and the destitute. Love the tax collectors and the prostitutes. He gave the demons, the demon-possessed freedom. He gave the blind their sight, the paralyzed healed, and even the dead were brought to life. That's who our God is. Even during his earthly ministry, he was mocked and insulted by the very people that he created. What kind of God would subject himself to that? And the answer is a kind of God who would go any lengths that you might know his love for you. That same Jesus, he was arrested on trumped up charges, stripped naked and accused in a kangaroo court, mocked and beaten within an inch of his life, marched through the streets in shame and then nailed to a cross and killed. And when we see the end to our Jesus' story, it shouldn't come as a surprise to us that God would go this far in order to save us because once you've seen Jesus in the stable, you can never be sure of what lengths he will go. To what ludicrous depths of self-humiliation he will go in his pursuit of you. What lengths will God go in his pursuit of you? Augustine said it this way. 
man's maker was made man, that he ruler of the stars might nurse at his mother's breast, that the bread might hunger, that the fountain would thirst, that the light sleep, the way be tired on its journey, the truth might be accused of false witness, the teacher be beaten with whips, the foundation be suspended on wood, that strength might grow weak, that the healer might be wounded, that life himself might die. This is what God has done. So that you might have your sins forgiven, that you might have new life, so that you might experience the joy of knowing him, that you might have life eternal. The God of the universe became man and humbled himself to be a servant, even to the point of death on the cross. Where on the cross he bore the punishment for all of our sin, that if we would repent, if we would turn to him, we would have our sins forgiven and we might have new life in him. There is no lengths he will not go. There's nothing that can separate us from his love. And that's illustrated even further because although he was hung on a cross for our punishment, three days later he was risen to new life. Not even death could overcome the love of Jesus. And this morning, in this little church, we celebrate the fact that he came because of what he came to do. Because he came to save us. Because he came to make us new. Because he came to bring us new life. Look around this room. There are dozens of people in this room who would testify to the fact that God has made me alive. I was dead in my sin. I was lost. I was hopeless in addiction. I was confused. I didn't know what life was all about. But when I came to know Jesus, everything changed. This is his desire for you this morning. God is in pursuit of you, and we can know that because of the Christmas story. Christmas proves to us that Psalm 139 is true. If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me and the light about me be night. Even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is as bright as day for darkness is as light with you. There's nowhere we can go to escape the call of Jesus. He is in pursuit of you. Christmas shows us there's no lengths he will not go in his pursuit of us. And as this baby born in a manger grows up and dies on a cross, as God himself is willingly sentenced to death, when we see him bloodied and broken on the cross, we know that Romans 8, 38 through 39 is true. That there is nothing, for I'm sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, No powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. So the offer this Christmas is to come to Jesus, the God who created you, because he has made his way to you. He has pursued you. And all you need to do to know him is turn around. God is there 
He's willing and he's ready to forgive you your sin and give you new life to give you the greatest gift you've ever received, which is himself. And if you want that this evening, come to him in prayer. Just confess your sin, admit your wrongdoing, and turn to him. And the Bible tells us that he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Being in Christ, you are raised to new life. You've gone from spiritual death to spiritual life so that you might know the unfathomable depths and riches of the God, the grace and glory of the God of all creation who was born as a baby in Bethlehem. We can celebrate this Christmas because as we gaze upon the baby born in a manger, we know that he is a God who pursues us who is with us, and he does all this because he loves us. Let's pray. Thank you again for listening. This podcast is not intended to serve as a substitute for gathering with a local body of believers, but as a resource that encourages and empowers you to follow Jesus as your heart is pointed towards the gospel. If you want to learn more about our church, visit citylightwestcb.org.